0: Hello, welcome to the Free Will, Science, and Religion podcast. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with Jamie Soden, George Ortega, David Joseph, Trick Slattery, and Brad Stansell. And we're going to talk about some of the things that will change as the world understands that free will is an illusion. We don't have a free will. We're not the first cause of anything we think, say, feel, or do. Um, One of the implications, and this is one that I realized recently, is that nobody truly owns the copyright? I know legally people own the copyright or patent on certain ideas, but they didn't self-create the ideas, you know. And this is an interesting thought because the whole concept of ownership: Do you own your house? Do you own the copyright? Do you own your pets? You know. So I just I want to open up the conversation on ownership, and we could get into all that that means, <laughs> if it means anything. <laughs> What do you guys think?
1: Okay, Um, I think this, you know, basically ownership of copyright, again, it's kind of like compensation for effort. In other words, like we, you know, we have to recognize like in our criminal justice system, you know, we have to reward and punish. We have to like threaten punishment and all. So like in terms of like somebody writes a book, somebody, you know, does something or or, or, um, a trademark, a patent, you know, somebody works on something and we have to, I think, you know, maintain some level of incentive, you know, t- because we're, we're hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain, because we're motivated by reward and punishment. Yeah. What happened to, to Trick?
2: Oh, um, he lost connection. I tried calling him a couple of times, but um, it
1: didn't work. Okay. So, Brad, what's your take on this? Uh,
3: I, I think in an ideal world, uh, we would have a better system of, I don't want to say information ownership. I would say information, uh, exchange. Um, definitely it's, 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 I, I cannot totally understand where Chandler's come from. It's definitely a problem, um, that needs to be addressed, especially with the modern age of instant sharing of information. I mean, somebody can go into a movie theater, they can whip out their phone and broadcast to everybody they know, um, but there does have to be that incentive to continue to create the things we all know and love. Um, it, it's, a, it's a slippery slope, definitely. But there needs to be some equilibrium between the creators and the uh, audience. I don't know if that <laughs> works. Uh,
1: but how do we... Um, we're, we're still trying to get Trick on, um, back on. How, do we, how does that work, though? How do we... Um... You know, how do we decide, for example, like, for example, with a copyright? I think right now a copyright lasts for what, seventy-five years or so. I mean, do do we make it last less less time? What you know, what what would be the the new parameters? I, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a lawyer
3: in this uh, field per se, but I, I mean, I think especially with the faster and faster information sharing and and faster creation of. Uh, and of uh, media and whatnot uh, I think maybe 25 years might be a better number than 75 years to especially I mean especially things that help everybody uh, patents on medical equipment patents on um, drugs patents on um, I don't know just think information that would help everybody I don't I, I have such a distaste for pharmaceutical companies in the Patents they own on drugs and equipment and these things that could save lives if people could just afford them. I just – I don't want to get started because I'll just go off on a rant on that. Yeah,
0: but I know how you feel about (laughs) that, Brad. Because if there's something that will save lives and will help people, then nobody should put like a restriction on it to keep people from getting something helpful. So yeah, Um, and I'd have to say a lot of the reason why we're doing this podcast – and why we, you know, we give so much of the things we write away for free is because, you know, this whole no free will topic we know will help people, so that's why we're promoting it the best we can, you know, and you mm-hmm. we know, we're not putting real restrictions on it.
3: And that, that's that's definitely a good thing because I mean, because it's it the op- I, I I don't want to say open source, but it's open exchange of ideas and technology in a civil fashion. Um, I, I, I definitely want to say that if somebody creates something of value, they should be able to profit off of it. But and so they, they're encouraged to create more. I mean, musicians, um, directors, uh, movie screenwriters, um, they should definitely be able to profit off of it. But also, I mean, if it's something that's critical to the survival of society, not just our entertainment... But um, it should definitely – those those type of things I think should have even a shorter span of uh, patent, I guess, viability, maybe five five years if that. Um, I take a very expensive drug right now, and if it weren't for my insurance company, and – I mean, just think about insurance. I mean, there's a whole industry built on – enabling people to pay for these overly expensive things that they shouldn't really have to pay the full amount for. Um, I, I, like I said, I'll just go crazy if, if we talk about that all, right, in, so, all the time. All right, but I think what we're time.
1: agreed on, but I think we're, we're, what we seem to be agreed on is that, yes, some incentive – is, is necessary because we, we, we're hardwired to seek pleasure and avoid pain. But I think what we're agreeing on is that there has to be a limit. In other words, like, you know, like we'll base compensation, uh, whether it's copyright or income on stuff, um, on what's necessary to get us to do. These kinds of jobs, you know, some some ki- kinds of jobs like being a doctor might require more compensation than others. But but basically that that would at least eliminate the, the exorbitant, you know, the unnecessarily exorbitant um, salaries and profits.
4: Exactly, exactly. And it, like I said, it's a, it's a um, balancing act between unfairness, basically, and uh, um. Incentive that we have to play to for uh, for this free will belief Lack of free will belief Hmm.
1: All right, but uh, now go ahead go ahead trick. Oh,
4: so so I'm sorry. I I kind of just uh, I lost connection with you guys So uh, you guys were talking about um, Ownership rights
0: is that correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I brought I brought that idea up because I think um, this may change Perhaps you know how we think of copyrights and ownership. You know, does anybody really own information when nobody created anything, nobody chose anything? You know, <laughs> right, right. Uh, so, but, so basically, we,
4: we grant ownership rights for the incentive that that they provide, but uh, at the same time, we have to recognize that that it's not really an inherent ownership, and that and that's I think what people don't don't understand is they think that. That ownership rights are kind of inherent. There's some. It's something that they um, just uh, inherently have within them. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. if, if they if they if they earn something, they have rights to that something uh, inherent in that process of earning it. Uh, but they don't understand that they had to earn it based on their causality, and somebody else couldn't have not or couldn't have earned it if they wanted it. <laughs> so, so it's a catch-22 there.
1: Right, and this goes back to, let's say, primitive society. Like, you know, you're like in a tribe, and let's say you make this great bowl out of wood or a rock or something, right? And you spent like hours crafting it and chiseling it away, however you did it. And so like, basically, you kind of want ownership, right? And you know, sure, it wasn't up to you, but it was the result of your effort. So we, we want to maintain some of that, because again, that, that's very motivational.
4: It keeps the productivity basically. So,
1: but I think what more, more what
4: Chandra's talking about
3: is the. Going back to the George's analogy, it's more of. The process of creating that bowl. I mean, you can keep the bowl as long as you want, uh, but. It's not going to benefit you. I mean, uh, consider this metaphor. Think of think of the person that creates these things, like a movie, A uh, I like video games a lot, um, a video game, think of them more as an organism. Now, they would they would have, and I don't want to <laughs> put it like this, they would have uh, output, um, but they also have to have that kind of, th- some amount of input in order to keep the organism... Viable. They keep it wanting to create, wanting to do the things that we all know and love. Um, I, there does have to be some kind of compensation. I don't think it's, it should be as extreme as a lot of these things are. Like billions of dollars for a movie, um, uh, billions of dollars to actors to star movies. I don't know. But just think of, think of them as organizations, and they're more of a filter for the knowledge that is out there. They organize it, they consolidate it they, into a form in, that we like and enjoy. But they also have to have some motivation to continue to, uh, I, not, I guess not motivation, but sustenance to keep them alive and wanting to create that stuff. I mean, I, I don't know if that's a good metaphor or not, but it's, it's more what? of an organism
0: than yeah, well, it is a I, yeah. just... I think I know do, what you mean, I Brad. I know what you mean, though. Yeah, there has to be an incentive. There has to be an input to keep the organism going. You like that? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think on the creative front, like on, on making movies or art or things like that,
4: a lot of people would do it even if they didn't have the monetary incentive. Um the problem uh, is but they have to not- be able to support themselves so so if they don't if they don't have the the, the able to, if they don't have the the money to be able to function then then they don't have you know they're they're not able to actually do that stuff uh, so that's the problem like like you have, it takes money to make a, a movie <laughs> it takes a lot a lot of money to make a movie so you have to have that money so, but
3: precisely and that's 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 the that's the fine line we have to balance on um you have to, I mean, I can make, I can study coding and I can make a video game if I wanted to, right. but if there's nothing to come from that, you know, there's the, I need that, I need motivation to, if I want to make, make it better or make another one or make, uh, take my camera and go film something if no one's going to buy it, everyone's gonna tell me it's crap, you know, and I'm probably not going to want to continue to do it. It's 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 an organism. It's it you need to be fed in order to go out the rear end. Actually, um,
1: <laughs> there's a lot of research on this. It's um, intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. You know they don't they've done experiments. When people do what they do, let's say for a job or whatever, because they want to do it not because they're getting paid or whatever. They're going to enjoy what they're doing much more. And I, I, would, I would hope they're going to do it better. So, like, just as, as a way of structuring society. So, you know, because, like, you know, I, before my, my free will show, I did a, a show for about three years on happiness. And, like, one of the myths is, like, most people think, well, yeah, if I have a lot more money, I'm going to be a lot happier. And that's just not the case. So, basically, we're just, like, programmed, conditioned to chase, you know, to chase this compensation whereas like when you guys are talking um about just like doing things because you want to do them you know that that's just so much healthier that's that that's better for everyone so you and see I them as
3: separate but i I'm, I'm i look at them as one in the same you know you say i do it for money or i do it for happiness um that's that, that those are kind of the same form of sustenance you know um I can do it for money if I want to, want, want it to sustain me, if I wanted to buy groceries or whatever, or I can do it for happiness to, you know, just lift my mood or whatever. It's kind of the same. Same kind of motivation there. Because, I mean, if I'm bored, I'm depressed, I can, you know, paint a picture. Even if I don't sell it, I can paint a picture if it makes me happy. And then I'm more motivated to go out and be a productive member of society rather than kill myself. You know, it's an extreme example, but you know, you can do it to just keep yourself happy.
4: A lot of people do. Whether it's
3: chemical or whatever, you know, whatever. I don't know.
4: A lot of people do jobs that they don't want to do that they hate just to make the money, though. (laughs) So it's kind of a catch twenty-two.
3: Right. But, yeah, it's definitely a catch twenty two. But you don't have to do something to make money. But if there is that coming, uh, there is that there is that uh, pleasure from it, or it could be a logistical thing to buy groceries, buy the things think, you need to survive. Otherwise, you're going to die and you won't be able to. Yeah. Well I think the, bas-
4: the basic necessities is, is one one area where I think we need to. Uh, basically give people even if even if they didn't do any work whatsoever, the basic necessities of life. The, so basically we have to distribute wealth to that end at the very least, in, in my opinion. Um, I think uh, there's, there's been experiments that show that that they, they've actually did that for, a, I for I forgot like a, a group or a tribe or something like that where they gave them their basic necessities uh, to live on. And when they did that they've noticed an actual increase in productivity because they had those necessities. Um, and in creativity and all these different areas increased because um, people weren't just doing what they needed to, to survive. They were doing things that they wanted to do. They were doing things that, that, that allowed their creativity to, to go through. So, so um, I think uh, that's something we have to take into account as well.
1: Right. And, and to pull it back to the free will um, theme, basically, I think, you know, a lot of people wouldn't want to institute something like that, even if it did make sense because of the, the free will belief, because they believe that, well, you know, like, why should um, everyone get the same when, let's say, some people are doing things better and all? Um, right. This, yeah. Um, David, let's Jamie, what? what, what sorry. Go ahead. David, what, what's your take on this so far? Um... Um, I've been
2: listening. I could actually say quite a bit. On this. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it all depends how you're describing incentive and um, uh, rewards, I guess. I mean, what what Brad was saying about food and um, you know, like happiness. Uh, I, I think I think there's uh, differences between like wants and needs, basically. So you can have wants or desires uh, with regards to wanting. Wanting to have praise for something that you've done, and on the other hand, you can have like um, you know a need for food and, and life-sustaining goods and services. But um, I mean, it all kind of reminds me of um, uh, a story that Alfie Cohen used to talk, uh, used to, to 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 tell in his lectures. I don't know if any of you have heard of it. It's like a he's uh, basically just like an author and lecturer. And um, the story he tells, which I'm about to completely fluff up, it's um, it's about a group of kids who make fun of this old man after school, and they go to his house and they shout and they throw stones. And one day the old man comes out. He goes, "You're doing, you're, you're doing a good job. I'd like you to come back tomorrow. And if you come back, if you come back tomorrow, <laughs> and if you shout at me, if you throw a few stones, I'll pay you each five dollars." So they all come back the next day, and they throw stones, they shout at him. So he comes out, he pays them each $5. He says, you've done a good job. Tomorrow, I'd like you to come back, but I can only pay you $2. They come back the next day, he pays them out $2, and, you know, they do the shouting and the throwing. And finally, they come back the next day, and he says, I'm sorry, but I can only pay you 50 cents. And they said, well, you know, that's not enough for us. And they never come back again. what What he's done there is buys off their intrinsic motivation which is kind of what we do when we you know when we give people financial rewards and so I'm kind of iffy about the idea of punishment and rewards because of that you know because of that reason so I'm not sure I'm not convinced that punishment and rewards is the way to go
1: well, David, yeah, I think it's like the same with the criminal justice system. I think, like, we have to recognize that as human organisms, our basic motivation is seeking pleasure and avoid pain. But but you're right. I think, like, to the extent that reward and punishment are minimized, ex- external, extrinsic reward and punishment, yes, I think we'd, we'd all be much healthier and happier.
2: Right, right. But unfortunately, we live in a system where those kind of extrinsic rewards are kind of pushed on us. So that's that's the kind of uphill battle that we're against i
3: think um well going going back to the like uh i don't know i guess it would be a kind of getting everybody to do what they were meant to do i guess um what they enjoy doing for a living you know that 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 would be a great system that would be awesome but you know i I sincerely doubt there are enough people for, especially the population in the world, that, you know, would want to shovel, forgive my French, shovel shit for a living. (laughs) Um, I mean, there are always those menial type of things that no one wants to do, but they still need to be done. No No one wants to... I but, like yeah. to think I like to think that no one wants to kill anybody else for a living, but uh, there are people in the military um, and we need those people to do those things. Um, but I don't think we we need to I don't think you can really abandon uh, the uh, desire and punishment, um, I guess, uh, I guess structure that we built Um because essentially that's how we've evolved. That's how we've come to be the dominant species on the planet. We know what's good for us and we learned what's bad for us. Um, and that's how we've come to be. That's how we've essentially survived really. I mean, we know we shouldn't jump out the window, so we don't. Um, we just, we've learned that over time and it's re- it's really cost benefit and it's, we know the cost and we know the benefits. So, I mean, and some some of us don't get the benefits we need to continue to do to, to continue to live. Some of us have too many costs, so we don't live that way.
4: The problem is that uh, for those particular jobs, for example, the shoveling of manure <laughs> or whatever, um, those are the jobs that tend to not pay well. <laughs> those are the jobs that, that tend to tend to look for people that aren't educated enough to. Um, make money so so they don't pay them uh, what they really should be paying um,
0: them re- what that. we really need to be doing is we need to be paying people more for shoveling horse shit
1: <laughs> or, or sharing it how about if like you work you know as an accountant for like five hours a day for, and for one hour you work on you know street cleaning or whatever you know just like we can all share that kind of stuff some of these jobs don't require much training right I mean yeah that that's a concept that that's been thrown
3: around actually i've i've heard it thrown around a few places over the years and that uh you know instead of like uh, drafting people into the military out of high school we should just uh we should have people Probably serve so. like a mandatory period of just public service and uh, i don't know like that- doing doing those menial things like have have kids do that mandatory period of public service i don't know Because nobody wants to do that stuff, but it needs to be done. So you know, Uh, know.
2: there there are ideas going around that suggest a different system to the one we have that have potential solutions to the to the problems that you're bringing up. Um, I mean, one of those solutions could be automation or mechanisation. Because I mean, any any kind of um, any repetitive job or, or movement that a human being can do can be replicated by a machine. I mean, we see this in in manufacturing. And, um, you know, productivity goes up and the jobs in that sector go down. It's it's, um, it's been happening. I mean, if you look at the farming industry, for example, the, the automation in the farming industry, you know, it's it's made it more productive, but it's also greatly reduced the number of employees in that sector. So.
3: Oh, then you're going for the uh, robot, eventual ro- robot apocalypse. Right. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, guys, yeah, this is really interesting because everybody has a different idea, really, of what they want society to look like. And But I think we can all agree that there's some things that have to change along with our understanding that nobody's more deserving of anybody else. And so I kind of like the idea that each person has to share somewhat in certain jobs, you know, to more equalize everything a little bit, you know?
3: Yeah. And And there's also that degree of, you know, you won't, you know, I guess, heckle the... The garbage collector, so much, if you had to do that for a couple of years, you would empathize more. We'd be more understanding society uh, if we all had to do that, you know crap job for a couple of years. and
1: oh yeah, we, and 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 how about yeah. arrogance? I mean, guys, I mean, like you know, we just did an episode on this. We are leading the world to a, a fundamentally new consciousness. It is a bigger thing, you know, than I and all those guys. But we recognize that it's not up to us. We recognize that it's not up to us in any fundamental way. So basically, like, there's a lot of, you know, Brad, what you're talking about, some people will, will look down on others based on their perception that somehow they're better, and this betterness is somehow up to them and all. So, like, you know, hopefully, the, you know, as we overcome the free will belief, we'll lose that. We'll lose that arrogance. We'll, we'll see the, the, you know, we'll create much more of an, an equal. We'll see each other all as equals more. Yeah. Yeah. And if we
0: bring this. Oh, go ahead, Chandler. Yeah, it it, it brings us more to that understanding that we are all connected. We are all part of one universe. And I think that unity is something that you gain once you realize that you are not something separate from everything else, that you don't have a free will that's independent of reality. (laughs) And very Buddhist you if are we not bring this special back...
3: you are not a unique snowflake <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: if we bring this back to the the topic of ownership um, i think what what we can just recognize is that what people own is a mechanism is a is a not a mechanism is a product of causal luck basically so so we're saying that we're giving ownership rights for incentive reasons but it's really just causal luck that gives people these things that they think they own but it's not really um an inherent ownership it's just something that they got lucky to get basically
3: well uh, luck implies chance and chance implies you know
4: they had the they had the variables disorder they had the edu- i just yeah they had the education they had the um the the being born to where, where they were born, they had all these different factors. They had the genetics. They had the, to be able to do what they did. They had the um, pretty much the environment that allowed them to thrive, uh, the education, I already said. So they, they had all these causal luck factors that led to their ownership.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you guys have read Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers but um, it goes into, like, the Bill Gates story. I mean, like, he was, like, 15 years old. He was one of the only people in the world that had access, pretty much unlimited access, to a, a computer where he could program. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, circumstances. Yeah. So, I mean, um, there, yeah, there are always going to be circumstances,
3: but, I mean, is it, is, is, is it really causal luck, would you say? I mean, did your parents just by chance, decide to have you? Did your parents' parents, just by chance, decide to have them? Did they decide to
4: move? There, Causality love... led them to do it. Right, Causality it's not is,
3: chance, Brad. And yeah, luck. but it's, the not, way we're using... it's not random. It's not luck. There's no luck there.
4: It's Ra- determined. Luck doesn't mean random. It just means causal. I said causal right. luck. It just means that you were lucky enough to have the causal factors that led to your position. It doesn't mean that there was something that was spontaneous or anything yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, because here's the deal. No, like, tri- a good point. Yeah, yeah, trick is introducing a new term, you know, causal luck. Because when you hear the words luck or chance, you think of something random, like for no reason or something. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about you're lucky in the sense that it wasn't really up to you, that life actually is a game of shoots and ladders, in a sense. You know what I mean? Because it's out of your control. It's not that... Y- it happened because you did it but it happened by a prior causes before you even existed that led you to be who you are and that even what you decide was up to things before you so so yeah it's a causal luck it's it's not chance it's not random
1: and we right. we we need to do shows on this cuz right there is a popular misconception about that absolutely
0: yeah, it causes a confusion with evolution, too, because they're like, you mean we just evolved by chance or randomly? Or And I'm like, that's a total misunderstanding.
3: Can we also we need have to have 30...
0: that... What? I'm sorry. No, all about 30
1: to... seconds? Go ahead, Brad.
3: Uh, we also need to have that understanding that being a part of the system as a whole, we can never hope to understand it as a whole. So, I mean, there's... You also have to acknowledge that we are a subsection... Of something greater than ourselves. So we can, I mean, being a part of the system, you can't, can't understand the
0: system.
1: Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, 96% of reality is this dark energy, this dark matter. We have no idea what it is. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, did you say you wanted me to wrap it up, George?
1: Yeah, it's about uh, 30 minutes, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, You've been listening to the Free Will Science Religion podcast with Chandler Klebs, Jamie Soden, George Ortega, David Joseph, Drake Slattery, and Brad Stansel. And we've talked about such a variety of topics. We kind of – it kind of gets moved from one thing to another because it's all interconnected. So that's part of why this is the biggest thing ever because things will change. We just can't fully know all the ways the world will change as they understand they don't have a free will. (laughs) But we'll keep exploring this. So bye for now.